Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Sunday morning on the prison island of Patmos. And St. John is halfway through the vision that he has been swept up into. And in this revelation, he sees a mighty angel descending from the heavenlies with one foot in the sea and another foot in the land. And in his hand, he is holding a little scroll and he's preaching from it. And John, he hears a voice from heaven calling on him, go and take the scroll. And so he walks right up to the angel and says, give me the scroll, give me the writings, give me the book. And the angel, he turns to John and says, here, take it and eat it. And so John, he lifts the scroll, the recorded story of God's activity in human history up to that point, he takes it in his hand and he eats it and he eats it whole. Now, why would he do a thing like that? Well, number one, Revelation is a pretty trippy book, right? And number two, this book, it isn't just to be read, it is to be eaten. We are to feed upon the scriptures because this book, it nourishes the body of Christ just like good food nourishes our human bodies. We are to feast upon it. We are to take it all in, so much so that it gets into all of our systems, our bloodstream, our muscles, our actions, and our imaginations. As Eugene Peterson would say, Christians don't simply learn or study or use scripture, we assimilate it. We take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love, cups of cold water, mission into all the world, healing and evangelism and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father and feet washed in the company of the Son. The angel's invitation of of revelation is our invitation also here. Take the book and eat it. Find your sustenance for living life well. Feast upon the wisdom and wonders of the ancient word with unhurried delight. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Friends, we're invited to come to the table to eat this book because every word of God is intended to do something in us, giving health and wholeness, vitality and holiness to our souls, to our bodies and to this whole world. And that is why we want to invite you, every single one of you, to put into practice a daily daily rhythm of reading the scriptures. And we're gonna do that together right now. And so if you have a physical, actual copy of the Bible with you, can I invite you to open up your Bibles to Psalm chapter one? There are extra Bibles that are in the seats around you. Now, if you don't have a book Bible with you, can I really encourage you, don't use your phone in the next couple of moments, simply because you're all crazy popular and you're gonna get lots of notifications in the next couple of minutes. So the text will appear on the screens if you haven't got a copy of the Bible with you. Now, once you get to Psalm chapter one, can I invite you to close your eyes? Get comfortable in your chair. Take a couple of breaths in and out so that you're here and you're nowhere else. If you're here and you do have little ones in the room, don't worry. Don't worry about any noise. I'm getting used to reading the Bible with Dougie and Bluey in the background. Once you're comfortable, let me pray. Come, Holy Spirit. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Let me read this for us. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked 
or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruits in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. We're going to read this again, but rather than rush ahead, I'm just going to leave a moment to be still, just to let these words just sink in, just so we can savor them a little bit more than we usually do. Can I invite us to read this text again, but can I invite us to read it aloud, slowly, together? So would you join me as we read Psalm 1, 1 to 3? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. We're going to read the text one more time. And so can I invite you to read it slowly and quietly within yourself? And on this third reading, can I invite you to pay attention and to notice if there is a word, a line, a verse, or an image that stands out to you, that jumps off the page. As you read, would you be on the lookout for a word, a phrase, a line, or picture that stands out? Why don't you go ahead and read the psalm a third time. As you get to the end of your reading, take a moment where you are and just consider which word or phrase or line or picture stood out to you. Don't overthink it. Don't ask why, but just consider it. Swirl it about in your brain for a moment. And just for 20 seconds, without giving any explanation at all, can I invite you to turn to the person that sat next to you and just share with them the word or the phrase, the line or the image that stood out to you? Why don't you go ahead and do that? Just share it with each other. Don't explain why. Go ahead and do that. All right, let me, let me call us back in. I'd love to workshop this with the whole room for just a few moments. So can I just hear from maybe four or five of you a word, a phrase, a line, or an image that stood out to you? Just want to call some of them out? You are all way too shy. Come on. What stood out to you? Delight. Delight. Thank you. Prospers. Prospers. Anything else? Oh, there's like four of you went once there. Uh, somebody here. Leaf, nice. Somebody over here? One of you did shout out, come on. Who was it? Fruit in season. Wonderful. All right. 
I want you to notice we've read three verses three times and yet for each of us something different has stood out to us all right different words phrases leaf delight meditating on the law of the Lord prospers different words and phrases have stood out to us now can you do me a favor can you just hold that word or phrase or line or image just in your head just for a few moments longer because at the start of a new year we want to remind you that following Jesus it looks like imitation it looks like imitating his lifestyle doing the same things that he did so that his rhythms become our rhythms his habits become our habits whenever you look at the life of Jesus, it's so clear that he consistently consumed the scriptures. It was like daily bread for him. And so we're invited to put his devotion to the word of God at work in our lives every single day. And why? Because we are shaped most by what we do most often. Our daily habits, our daily rhythms, they form who we're becoming. As we, we bang this drum so many times whenever we say this line, as Annie Dillard so helpfully puts it, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. We often struggle with building and sustaining a rhythm of Bible reading. And so last week, we spent some time together exploring how the practice of reading the scriptures, it can create the conditions for us to encounter our loving Lord that every time we open up this book, we can be drawn into the company and the conversation of Christ. We're able to connect with him through his word. As Dallas Willard would say, scripture, it is a communication that leads to communion and opens us up to union. But here's the thing. Over the next couple of weeks, we're not just wanting you to see the Bible differently. We want to equip you with a different way of reading it, a way of reading that isn't standoffish or doesn't center on skim reading for a quick spiritual hit on the go, but a way of reading that is slowed down, that is intimate, that is receptive, a way of reading the Bible in which we actually believe that God will speak to us personally, a way of reading that feels much more like a conversation and less like a monologue. And so through these practice guides, which we have created, through some workshops that we're hosting and through some Sunday teaching, we're wanting to walk you through a really simple way of reading the Bible that allows you to be moved towards two things, relationship and response. And just to let you know, we are hosting two workshops this week, um, but they are completely full. We are hosting two additional workshops on the 25th um, of January. There is space for you to sign up to that. And myself and some friends, we're going to be thinking about this over the next couple of weeks because we do recognize that there are many of you that are wanting to learn how to read the Bible in this way. And so do check out our social media platforms. Do check out our weekly email because we will be rolling out more workshops over the next few weeks and months. But ultimately, everything that we have been and will be talking about today, it's all centered on a way of approaching the Bible that is based upon the ancient practice known as Lectio Divina or divine reading. I don't know why we still call it Lectio Divina, like using the Latin. I think it's just to make people like me sound way more smart than we actually are. But the core idea of Lectio Divina, it is invitation. Lectio Divina assumes that God is drawing us into a conversation with him every single time we read the scriptures. This practice, it invites us to listen for the now word of God spoken to us through this ancient text in the present moment of reading. It's a way of reading the Bible that guards us against depersonalizing this text into a bunch of questions and answers, definitions and dogmas. Through this practice, we're open to receive revelation from God, to know him. And as we hear from him, we then seek to go and do exactly what he's told us to go and do. Through this practice, we're invited into God's presence and then we're empowered to go and to once again put flesh onto the words of God. I want us as a church to learn to read the Bible exactly like that. And for that to happen, we do need to recognize that there is a key dynamic at play in this prayerful way of reading the Bible. 
And that is the tethering together of both the word of God and the spirit of God. Now, let me explain. Second Timothy 3 says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or the servant of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is writing to his apprentice, Timothy, encouraging him to devote himself to the scriptures. And then in verse 16, he uses this phrase, all scripture is breathed out by God. Or some of your translations may say, it is inspired by God. All scripture is breathed out by God. It begins with him. Through this book, we hear his voice. Now, if you've spent any time in and around church, you will have probably heard this talked about before but I want to suggest today that perhaps we are only seeing one half of the story. Many of us, we believe rightly that God inspired the biblical writers, that the Holy Spirit stirred within them a creative inspiration to write down the very words that God would want passed down to saints generation after generation. So take Paul's letter to Timothy. It isn't just a normal letter that Paul has written to his friend. no. At that time, the Spirit breathed upon Paul, inspiring the words that he was writing so that they're no longer just Paul's words to Timothy, but God's word to us, his church today. This book is more than just a bunch of biblical writers jotting down some ancient records because the Spirit, he was conspiring alongside those writers to craft the words that God wants us to hear and build our lives upon. Words that are a light onto our feet and a lamp onto the path of life. We get this. God inspired the writers of the Bible. And yet, I want to suggest this afternoon that that is only one half of the story. Because the word of God, it wasn't just alive and active at the time of writing. No, it is also alive and active today as we read it. Because the same spirit who encountered the biblical writers, he is the one who addresses us actively as we read these ancient words today. The spirit hasn't gone anywhere. Not only did God inspire the writing of the Bible, but he also inspires the reading of the Bible today. I know that this is really obvious to say, but all words, any words written down, they are dead words. There is no life in them. They're just ink on a page or their typeface on a screen. And yet the spirit of God, his work of inspiration is not over. He breathes his life into these words. He resurrects them. He brings them to life for us. Not only did he conspire with the writers of the scripture whenever they wrote this text down, he also conspires with us. We get to partner with him as we read so that we are open to him that through these words, we get to receive God's very voice spoken to us. This practice, it opens us up to the inspiration of the spirit today. So that as we read this book and we begin to notice things that stand out, leaf, delight, prosper, meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, that kind of thing. We are the kind of people, we are the kind of church that believes that that is the work of the Spirit, that he is breathing upon the text once again, seeing these words come alive so that they become livable for us, that they stir us and they shape us. This practice that I'm going to walk us through today it ultimately invites us into a charismatic way of reading the Bible. As a charismatic church, as the vineyard, we are Holy Spirit people, we are people of the renewal, and we are people that are open to the power and presence of God anywhere we go. And yet for us in our heritage, we have sought to be a people of both word and spirit. We are open to meeting God in any moment, but particularly we are open to him speaking to us through his word. The thing is, as charismatics, we sometimes get a little bit lazy and we find ourselves relegating the significance of hearing the voice of Jesus through his word. Oftentimes, 
we center ourselves on encounter moments through ministry times, through worship sets, and through the preaching of God's word. By the way, I love all of those things. I'm doing one of them right now. I'm going to invite some of you to do that later on. We also have spent some time singing and worshiping God together. And yet what we can do so easily is just elevate those three things and downplay the significance of us reading the scriptures and being open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Well, the truth is, is that whenever it comes to the preaching of God's word, worship sets and ministry moments, we are so often led in that direction so we're able to follow. And yet in the New Testament understanding of the priesthood of all believers, perhaps this is the moment whenever God is calling us not to downplay those things, but to elevate word and spirit so that we're able to lead ourselves in moments, in any moment, wherever we go, to hear the voice of God through his scriptures. Does that make sense? Whenever he was teaching his students how to read the Bible, John Wesley, the father of Methodism, he wanted his students to understand that the spirit, he was present in the moment of reading. And so he said this, scripture can only be understood through the same spirit where it was given. As we open up our Bibles, we're invited to open up ourselves with a sense of anticipation that God, the Holy Spirit, is wanting to speak to us through his word today. That as we read, that as something stands out, we're invited to trust that that is the Spirit of God partnering with us, grabbing our attention, speaking to us clearly. That moment of us recognizing like a word like delight or leaf or prosper that actually it relates to what we're going through right now, the circumstances of our lives. We are the kind of church believes that that isn't just daydreaming or coincidences, but in fact, that is the voice of the Spirit speaking directly to us through his word. All right, what I wanna do for a few minutes is I wanna walk us through this practice. I wanna walk you through a really, really simple way for reading the Bible, a rhythm that we can build into our daily lives. And this rhythm, it is all about four hours. And don't worry, I'm not talking about four blocks of 60 minutes. I'm talking about the letter R, all right? And the four R's, they are resting, reading, reflecting, and responding. These four R's are like movements that we can bring to our reading of the text. And you can use them with any short passage of scripture. And while you get used to this practice, you may find that it feels a little bit clunky, a little bit formulaic as you kind of go clockwise around the wheel. But with time and with practice, you'll notice that these movements begin to weave in and out of each other, that this way of reading actually becomes second nature to you. And what I want to do just for a couple of moments is explain these movements to you. So firstly, resting. Rather than rushing our reading of the text, we're invited to take a moment and to settle into God's presence and express our desire to hear from him. I don't know about you, but my head, my attention span, my life, it is so flippin' full, right? And it's so helpful to find a moment where I can calm and quieten myself, to set down the busyness of the day and to listen for the voice of God. We need time, a time that is set apart from the rest of our busy days for what Robert Mulholland would call unhindered time. Time whenever we're not hindered by the circumstances outside of ourselves. Time whenever we can put our phone in another room. Time whenever we can enter into a space of quiet but also time whenever our inner life isn't so hindered either, whenever we're able to be attentive to what Jesus is saying to us, where we're able to, as the Quakers would say, center down and listen out for the voice of God. To do that, we need to give God the best possible time of our day to hear from him. And so whatever that looks like for you, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing at night or in the middle of your day, can I really encourage us all? Aim for just 10 minutes. That's it. 10 minutes of undistracted time 
Now, depending on your stage of life, your family life, your work life, this will look different for all of us or whether you're a grouch in the morning, all right, it'll also look different for you. But can I really encourage you to give God the best possible time of your day to connect with him, to rest in his presence, to slow down, to take a couple of breaths, to be right where you are and nowhere else. And then open up your Bible and pray. And as you pray, just pray a really simple prayer that expresses your desire to meet with God through this practice. Something like, come Holy Spirit. Or Jesus, I know that I am here and I know that you're here. Or Spirit, I give you my attention and my affection. And as you pray, then take a moment to read. Take a short passage. It could be, the daily Bible reading from this practice guide and slowly read through this text a couple of times. Now, as you become familiar with this practice or truthfully any spiritual practice, you will come to notice that there is no formation without repetition. We're noticing this particularly with our little girl, Eliza. She's 17 months or 17, yeah, 17 months this week. And we're noticing that her growth but also her sense of joy, it comes from two things, rhythm and repetition. There is a flow, a structure to her day. We're not just winging it every day, even though sometimes it looks as if we kind of are, right? But as she plays and as she potters, we notice that Eliza is growing fastest through the things that she repeats most often. And so these repeatable actions, these little habits that she's developing every day, we're also noticing that they're bringing her the most amount of joy, like learning to say the word balloon. Or she does this really cute thing where she thinks that she's like Matilda and has the power to blow out any light. And so if you see Elle just kind of exhaling towards any light, please just switch the light switch off, would you? Just to help us out, all right, keep us in that place. Her growth and her joy, it is coming through rhythm, and through repetition. It's how we're wired as human beings. And yet whenever we grow up, we tend to grow up out of that thinking and believe that our joy and our growth, it comes from the things that are kind of spontaneous. Whenever we keep life kind of loose, whenever we're just kind of winging it, right? And yes, moments of spontaneity, moments whenever we make choices in the moment, they do lead to growth and they definitely lead to joy, but we need to bring a sense of balance between the set and the spontaneous in our life. Joy and growth comes from us building a rhythm and in that rhythm, repeating it over and over and over again. And so that is why we want to call you to a daily rhythm, not a weekly rhythm or a monthly rhythm with, let me say it again, a daily rhythm with reading the scriptures. But whenever it comes to being in that space, inhabiting that rhythm, we also want to encourage you to repeat your reading over and over and over again. And so on the first reading, pause briefly between verses. Slow down your reading. I sometimes find it really helpful to read any passage of scripture aloud whenever I can, just to help focus my attention. And whenever you get to the end of the passage, stop. Take a moment. Allow what you've read to sink in. Savor it for a while. And then go back to the text and reread it slowly again. Yet this time, look out for a word or a phrase, a line or an image that stands out to you. And without asking why, without seeking explanation, just sit with that word or that line or that phrase or that picture for a few moments before you move on to the third movement of reflection. And this is truly the moment whenever we enter into conversation with God, because as a word or a phrase, a line or a picture has stood out to us, our attention has been grabbed by it, we're invited to ask God a question, something along the lines of, God, what are you saying to me? And from here, we take a moment to listen for the Spirit. Truthfully, Whenever I slow down my reading of the scripture, this is the moment whenever I begin to see that this book is alive and active, that it pulsates with divine energy. Because often as I read this book, I come to see that 
God is pinpointing something in the text that correlates directly with something that is going on in my life and circumstances. It feels like a coincidence. It feels like, how on earth did that happen? It feels as if God speaks to me exactly where I am directly through this. And from this place of hearing from God, then we move on to the final movement, which is responding. I believe that the word of God is livable, that this book isn't just for learning about God. In fact, it is the text for living our lives. Disciples are not just to be hearers of the word of God, we are to be doers of it also. We are to respond to what God has said to us in that moment of reading and we are to enact it, we are to incarnate it. And so as we come to the place of response, our question changes from God, what are you saying to me? To instead asking the question, what am I going to do about it? Maybe as you read through Psalm 1, out of nowhere, someone will come into your head. Maybe as you read through Psalm 1, you find yourself drawn to the line of sitting in the company of mockers. And you realize that in this week, actually, I have mocked people either in the real world or the screen world. And God begins to really pinpoint something to you as you listen of, why is it that I do that? Is it because actually I find myself deeply insecure and it's so much more easy for me to deflect my insecurity by mocking other people? Or maybe as you read through Psalm 1, the word delight really stands out to you and you just notice an invitation from the Father of even though it is the middle of January, actually come and experience delight, experience joy. You and your family prioritize celebration and feasting and joy in this month. Whether we have received an invitation or a challenge from God through our reading, we are to respond as faithfully as we can. But the key is we are also to respond as quickly as we can. Wesley again used to say this, whatever light you then receive from reading the scriptures must be used to the uttermost. Do it completely, but also do it immediately. Let there be no delay. Whatever you resolve, begin to execute the first moment that you can. But before you get there, before you get to the moment of execution, before you get to the moment of responding in practice, take a moment to close out your 10 minutes by responding in prayer. Take a moment to be still, to thank God for his word, to thank God that he has spoken to you. Thank him for drawing you into conversation with him. And that's it. That's the practice over. It's a really simple way of reading the Bible. But friends, I don't want to just talk about this. I want to do it together. And so can I invite you to return back with me to Psalm chapter one in your Bibles? I've got a confession to make. I've been a little bit sneaky. We've already worked through two of these movements together. We have took a simple moment to rest. Do you remember that? Closed our eyes. We settled into our seats. We prayed a really simple prayer. We read through this text a couple of times and we're open to God highlighting a word or a phrase, a picture to us. But can I invite us to take a moment to reflect and so I want to just wait for a moment and it might be helpful for you just to close your eyes if you're comfortable with doing that and just allow my voice to fade out and be open to the voice of the Spirit and just draw to mind that word or that phrase, that line or picture that stood out to you from the readings of Psalm 1 and prayerfully Ask God, and I mean within yourself, actually ask God, what are you saying to me? We're going to wait here for a few moments. So take some time to reflect. Meditate on what is being pointed out to you. If you're struggling with that question, let me give you a few extras. Why did I need to hear that word today? Or what aspect of who I am or what I'm going through is being spoken to through this word? 
Just take a moment, meditate on what God is saying to you. Just 20 more seconds. All right, if you've got your eyes closed, keep them closed. Just stay in this space. But I want to invite us to move into the fourth movement, the fourth R, to consider our response. And so based on your meditation, based on your reflection, I want you to move to a place of asking yourself, what am I going to do about this? Whatever God has highlighted to you in this moment, what are you going to go and do? Again, just take a moment. Just 20 more seconds. All right, let me, let me call us back in. Well, congratulations. You've done the practice. You've journeyed around the circle, you have took time to rest, to slowly read, to reflect, and to move towards a place of response to the voice of God. I guess I do just want to say, the thing is about this practice is just how remarkably simple it is. That's not to downplay it or its power, but it is really accessible. You're able to do this, you've just done it. And so I know that we're probably not going to do this all together tomorrow, but in your home, in a quiet space, you're able to put this into practice later on today or tomorrow or Tuesday and the day after that. As we come to respond together, I want to, I guess, share my heart as we close around why I long deeply long for us to be a church family that centers ourselves wholeheartedly on the scriptures. And to do that, I want to circle back to the two scriptures that we have explored together today. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul is highlighting to his apprentice that as word and spirit come together, four things happen that there are four things that lead us on in our pilgrimage towards Christ-likeness because the Bible, it is helpful or useful or profitable for four things. For teaching, we get to see a radically new way of living through the word. We get to experience reproof, the fractured parts of our inner lives. They kind of, well, God invites us into a place of healing. We're also invited into a place of correction. We are able to be brought into alignment with the things of God as we seek to live obedient lives. And also the Bible, it is profitable for training in righteousness, which is, in Paul's thinking, the process of moving someone from infancy into mature adulthood. But then he wraps up this 
couple of verses by describing two things that happen in the life of someone who eats this book right the way up. And they are these. They become complete and they are equipped for every good work. And this is why I long for us to be a community that is centered upon the scriptures. Because I, I long for each of you to be complete. Whenever Paul uses this word, he is speaking of someone who becomes perfectly suited to their nature. Or as the Catholic mystics would say, someone who learns to become their truest selves. So often, in my life, and I'm gonna guess also your life too. We carry a deep sense of restlessness within ourselves. We are disorientated often. We feel like half a person, a fake version of ourselves. We don't really live into our truest selves. We stick on masks, we perform, we try to be other people, and we rarely feel at home within our own skin. So often we don't live into completeness, we live out of our sense of brokenness. And yet, by reading this text and creating space every single day for us to fix our eyes on Jesus, to be seen by him and to see him, to be drawn into the intimacy of his embrace, we are invited into a place where we are made whole, where we are made complete. But also, we're invited to take on the mission of Jesus, and be equipped to do every good work. Famously, Alistair McIntyre said this, I can only answer the question, what am I to do, if I can answer the prior question of what story or what stories do I find myself apart? And so for us as the people of Jesus, we need to keep returning back to our story of redemption and resurrection and renewal to recognize that we are to live this out. We don't just view the story of God, we are actors within it. At Lagan Valley Vineyard, we have a vision and we have a dream. Our vision is that we would be a church that is set on fire. And our dream is that we would see this whole valley come alive. But friends, here is the nuance. Here is the thing. The dream, it requires the vision. And vice versa. We will only ever see this valley come alive to the extent that we are a church that is set on fire. These two things are inner rhythms and our outward actions. They are not mutually exclusive, but they are bound together. They need each other. They are fuel for each other. And it is exactly the same with our discipleship journeys. If we long to be the kind of people that see transformation flow out of us, we must commit ourselves to a life of formation behind the scenes of our lives. If we long to be equipped for every good work, if we long to be the kind of church that sees mission and justice and evangelism and healing and reconciliation flow out of our lives, then we must commit to a devotional rhythm in private, not just in public. Our devotion to Jesus and our desire for transformation of everything around us, they are tethered together. And so through the reading of the scriptures, those things come together where we learn to be complete and we are also equipped for every good work. And this dynamic is also a play in Psalm 1, the passage that we have read through many times already today. Because a person who meditates on the word of God they're like a tree, a tree that is deeply rooted beside streams of living water. Their leaves, they do not wither because those trees, they are resilient in the face of everything that life throws at them. And they're fruitful, they're abundant, they bring life to everything that they do. I long for us to be like that. I long for people to look at Lagan Valley Vineyard and see that they are a community through the practice of reading the scriptures. They are deeply rooted, they are resilient, and they are remarkably, abundantly, audaciously fruitful. In the past couple of years, I have found myself in several moments whenever things have got quite difficult. I felt restless within myself. 
disorientated, unsure, unsteady. And in those moments, the last thing I wanted to do was read my Bible. And yet years ago, facing a moment of doubt, of questioning God, a really trusted friend asked me to do the thing that doesn't make any sense. And he called on me to read a psalm every single day. And as I did that, I trusted him, so I'm like, okay, I'll do what you say. I couldn't believe what I read. I began to see that this book, it was holy and it was human. That what I was carrying, my questions, my hopes, my frustrations, all of it, it allowed me to stay in the courts of the Lord and to see that whatever season of life I was in, even in the thick of shadows, he wanted me to be in a conversation with him. That time, it became like a muscle memory for me so that whenever in recent times I have found myself in difficult spots, this is where I go. This is the meal that I eat. Because I've come to see that whenever I'm dislocated and disorientated, whenever everything is stormy, it is the Bible that anchors me. It is the story of God that settles me. It reminds me of who I am and the story of which I am a part. And I've also come to see that the scriptures, it creates the conditions for me to encounter Jesus, to receive his love, to receive his friendship and to receive his leadership. I got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go with this practice, but I am learning to see that this simple practice, regardless of whatever I am facing, it releases me into a place of being deeply rooted, resilient, and fruitful, that even in the shadows, it is possible to bear much fruit. And so, friends, if you want to live a life that looks like a long obedience in the same direction, if you want to become more like Jesus, even on the days whenever your love for him may falter and fade, eat this book, eat it whole, because it will nourish you and the savior of the scriptures, he will sustain you. This book in all of life, it invites us into his presence. It makes us complete. It strengthens us and allows us to bear much fruit. And so with all of that in mind, I want to invite you, every single one of you, to weave this practice into the rhythm of your life. And as you do, may you, all of you, come to see that this book, it is alive and it is active, that it pulsates with divine energy. May you come to see that this book, it is not just about learning information about God, but knowing him. May you see spirit and word collide together. May you grow and discover joy through rhythm and repetition. May you become complete and equipped for every good work. May you be rooted, resilient, and fruitful. Friends, the invitation is here. So walk towards the word. Take it and eat it. If you're able, can I invite you to stand with me? I want to take a moment to pray for us. And so can I invite you, if you feel comfortable, just to close your eyes. And I specifically want to pray for those of you that carry a longing to put this practice into the rhythm of your life. But if you're honest, over the past week or month or year or decade, your reading of the Bible has been a little bit dead. There hasn't been any life in it hasn't been inspired. There hasn't been God's breath in it. It feels a bit formless and void. If that is you, and you long to put this rhythm into practice, if you are longing to hear the voice of God through his word, I'd love to pray for you. And so if that's you, just as a helpful, really simple way to respond I want to invite you to just grab a actual physical copy of the Bible and just get it into your hand. And with the other hand, I want you to just place it out in front of you, just in that kind of posture of receiving that we so often embody in this place.
So friends, if you want to receive the spirit of God, if you want to hear God's voice through the reading of the scriptures, why don't you just go ahead and just pick up the Bible, hold it in your hand, and just hold out your other hand just in a posture of receiving because I'd love to pray for you. Before I pray, why don't you pray? Why don't you just take a moment just in dialogue with God, just within yourself, just express your desire to meet with him through his word. Express your longing to hear God's voice. Why don't you just go ahead and do that? Come Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for my friends and I pray that you would hear their cry. And Lord, into what is empty and formless and void, I pray that you, Spirit, would do what you always do, that you would fall upon my friends and you would fill them with your power. Come, Spirit of God, and breathe life into your word once again. Inspire the reading of your scriptures. May these words come alive and may we come alive as we read them. So Spirit, take our words, take our meditations, take our lives and fall freshly upon them once again. Stir within us a longing to hear from you. And Lord, I pray that you would speak loudly. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. We also want to take a moment to, as we always do, pray for you today. And so I'm going to invite some of our staff team, um, if you're free, some Compass students, um, if you're free, some tribe leaders to come and just pray. Um, particularly if whenever it comes to the response that you sense God is calling you into, you actually would really love some prayer to go and do it. Um, in the 9.30, there were some folks that came forward for prayer because God's really calling upon them to share their testimony with their friends. And so a friend just came up and said, hey, can you pray for me about that? If your response, you're just needing, I guess, somebody to stand alongside you and just pray for courage, to pray for the spirit, just to fall freshly upon you, there will be some of us that will be here. There was a moment after Jesus was teaching about him being the bread of life where a bunch of disciples turned their backs on Jesus and walked away from him. And Jesus turned to the 12 and says, are you guys going to follow? And Peter turned to Jesus and said, but Lord, to whom shall we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so friends, may we not turn our backs on Jesus, but may we face him directly. May we fix our attention on him and recognize that he is the one that holds the words of eternal life so that we may be both hearers of the word, but also doers also. Friends, it has been so good to gather with you today. Have a wonderful Sunday. Grace and peace to you all.